This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Hey, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but I'm finding myself, especially as we've walked through the last year, I'll go to sleep and at the end of the day I'm exhausted, but around 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, often, I wake up. And when I wake up, it's like I'm waking up into running a marathon at a sprint pace. My mind is all over the place instantly when I wake up about, I've got to make sure we take care of this, and I've got to make sure we handle that, and I've got to make sure this is taken care of. It's, it's almost like waking up, and you're already in the car, and it's going down the 408 at 75 miles an hour, door's still open, you're trying to get it all together, but we're moving, it's on, let's go. It's anxiety. It's something that on a greater level, more people are dealing with than at any point in history. In fact, the National Center for Health did a study, and in July of 2019, only one in 10 adults were diagnosed with some sort of anxiety disorder. One year later, the same study was done, and we went from one in 10 adults To July of 2020, over one in three adults. Because what we've walked through, whether it's what's happening with illness and COVID and the stress of that and lockdowns and how that isolation has impacted, I I think it's going to be years into the future before we fully know the weight of what's taken place and the studies are done to deal with how, how we dealt with and how we've processed, especially younger people, being shut down in the isolation we've had to walk through. We know that mental health challenges are rising rapidly. We know that people are dealing with things they haven't dealt with, but to go from one in 10 adults dealing with chronic anxiety to one in three in one year. It's not just COVID, it's, it's finances. If you're a small business owner, you have been punched in the mouth over and over and over again. You're trying to figure out how to make all this work and how to make it happen and how to keep people employed and make sure you can pay them. And many of you, you've, you're, you're not taking pay so that you can pay your employees. Others of you, you've had to let some people go. There are no options. And if you are a small business owner, I, I just want to say to you, man, we, we are for you. You're the backbone of what makes the economy work. And I want you to know that at C3, man, we are praying for you. Or maybe, maybe you're a teacher. And you're dealing with this awkwardness of, okay, we've got to all make sure we keep the mask on. You've got some students in the room, some online. I haven't talked, every teacher that I've talked to, I said, hey, how's the year going? It's basically the same response, and it's kind of a, uh, and and you're, you're stallions. You're making the best of it. You're doing everything you can in the structure you've been given. And on top of all of that, it's your personal health. It's your marriage or your relationships. It's your financial stresses. It's the new repair that needs to take place on the car or or the new thing on the house that's got to be dealt with. It's all of that. On top of that, it's your concern about your kids and how they're navigating this season. And and you, you read about how we're supposed to wear masks and then you read all the research as well about how that messes up the oxygen level and what it can, the long-term health effects it can have. And, and, and we're stuck in this place. And the anxiety just increases. 
So I don't know if you're doing it, but I'm doing it some. And here's the thing. I love Jesus. I'm a pastor, man. I, I love God. I'm grateful for what God's done in my life. I'm trying to live my life in a way that honors God. And even still, there's that wake up at 2 or 3 in the morning of all the things that need to be addressed. And most of them I don't have answers for. It's like, it's like I'm, I'm approaching intersections and at this intersection, I need to turn right and take care of that. I need to turn left. I need to go straight. Or do I need to go back because I forgot something? It's just that state of mind for so many people all the time. Now, God knew that our life would be difficult. God knew that in life we would have challenges. And, and He knew that life would often be overwhelming. In John 16, verse 33, Scripture says, Jesus talking, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So how do we navigate a society that's giving us so much anxiety? How do we deal with that? Is there a recipe? Is there a way to get some relief from the anxiety that can come into our lives like waves rolling in one after another? I told you a couple weeks ago I'd hurt my foot. And what's interesting is, is I've had to manage and deal with what's happening with that foot because it's been so painful, I've been compensating with the other leg. Because of the pain I was feeling, I compensated and now... The way that I've been compensating, that hurts more than the original pain. See, often in life, I think we compensate to ease the pain. And when we do that, we can create pain in other areas. And so if you're in that place where it's like, man, I'm feeling some pain, I'm feeling the anxiety, what do I do? And you're about to tell me some things I need to do, and I don't even know if I have the energy to do that because because of the anxiety I'm dealing with. Hey, I'm not going to give you this morning, I'm not going to give you some steps you need to take. Because you may be thinking, I'm too weary to take steps. I'm living life injured right now in some ways. I'm not going to give you steps to take. You don't need a stairway. You need an elevator. And so I'm going to give you this ride that you can take through three floors and discover relief from the anxiety that may be plaguing you. And we're going to look at the life of Jesus. Did he deal with anxiety? Notice Mark chapter 14. Verse 32, the scene is he's on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. The final supper has already taken place. Judas has already left to go betray him. And notice what happens in Mark 14, verse 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. The message translation says that Jesus fell into a sinkhole of desperation. Jesus God, the Son of God. And so what does he do? Notice, he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. First floor that the elevator is going to take you to. If you want to be lifted out of anxiety. And listen, there can be many causes for anxiety. I I don't have the qualifications to speak to what can happen uh, psychologically, physiologically. I, I can't address that. So I'm coming from a spiritual perspective. I can address that. And I think this is always a great starting point, but you may need something beyond this. You may need to talk to a a Christian counselor. If that's something you'd be open to or interested in, we'd be happy to connect you. You can email us at hello at c3church.cc and we will connect you. You will hear back from us this week. We'll get you connected. But from a spiritual sense, something we can all do is take this elevator ride. And the first floor is this. Have a conversation with your friends. 
Jesus took his disciples with him and he has this conversation. He begins to talk to them and then he takes three, Peter, James, and John, the three that we're told in Scripture were the closest to him. And with those that were closest to him, he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. He's in this conversation and he's feeling that, that sinkhole of, man, what is happening? What's about to happen? What's this going to look like? How bad's this going to be? I think when I look at these verses, my question is, who are your three? Who are the three that you can have conversations with? Because when we lack community, we live in anxiety. We were not created to live life alone. In fact, the very first book in the Bible, God looks down at Adam and says, hey, it's not good to be alone. Isolation will mess you up. Isolation will cause you to see the world, yourself, your friendships, even God, from a lens that is fogged up and not clear and will mess up your perspective. Isolation can damage who you're created to be. We're built for relationships. When you, when you get that new car, that new house, when you get that new thing, what do you want to do? You want to share it with the people that you care about, the people that are in your life. Nobody enjoys new stuff if it's not shared with anybody else and nobody else knows about it. Because we're built for relationships. So who are your three? It's one of the reasons I believe that Community groups are so important. Man, I want three people around me. I want a few people around me that love Jesus and love me and will pray for me. It's one of the reasons that gatherings are so important. And I know you're watching online, but man, I hope you can join us as soon as possible in the room. There's something about being with other people. I can say all day long I'm praying for you, but there's a difference when I pray with you. We can talk about what we're doing for each other, but there's a difference when we do it with each other. In fact, one of God's names, Emmanuel, God with us. And so, man, I, I hope you can join us very, very soon in the room. In fact, March 28th, Timber Creek High School. We're coming back to Timber Creek, c3church.cc forward slash gather, man. Be in the room. There's something special about with. Jesus was with these people. And the three, the three that you pick, the three create who you will be. And so it's important to have, who can, who can you talk to? Have conversations with your friends. Your, your three can either increase or decrease your anxiety. And then notice verse 34. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. He's having conversations with his friends. Stay here and keep watch. Now listen, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if, if you're dealing with some level of anxiety... Jesus felt overwhelmed. He could feel that in this moment. Even though he's God, the Son of God, he, he could feel that and he dealt with that. So if Jesus dealt with that, being perfect, we need to know we're going to deal with that. If you feel overwhelmed, if you feel anxiety, you're not abnormal, you're not weird, you're not less than, you're not living a second class life. That's part of what we deal with in life because, listen, sometimes life is overwhelming. That's just the reality of it. And what we've walked through and what we're dealing with, it can be overwhelming. So that first floor, just step on the elevator, have conversations with friends and hit the button to go to the second floor. That's all you've got to do. The second one, have a conversation with your father. Notice verse 35, going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed. He prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, which means dad, Abba, father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. He's expressing to the Father his deepest feelings. He's taking a moment to say, God, if there's any other way, 
God, if there's any other way this can be done, if there's any other option. See, often when we deal with anxiety, we stop having conversations with the Father. Because we have a warped perspective because of the anxiety, and we believe, we can come to believe that conversations with the Father don't work. I wouldn't be here if conversations with the Father worked. I wouldn't be in this mess. I wouldn't be dealing with this issue. Maybe there's some things you've prayed about before and it, it didn't happen the way that you wanted it to happen. And so you get in this place where it's like, okay, why bother? But you have one of two options. If life is overwhelming, if you're dealing with anxiety, you have one of two options. You can run from God or to God. And I've, I've never read a story. I've never heard a story. I've never experienced any point in my life where running from God made anything better. Running to God is what changes things, but not, not on my time frame, on His. But I can trust Him. So Jesus has this conversation with the Father. I think of Philippians chapter 4, the Bible says, Do not be anxious, anxiety, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. That means there's not anything that's too small for our God to hear about. Sometimes I talk to people and I'm like, I'm not going to pray with that. Like we almost can feel like we're bothering God if what we're praying about seems so insignificant. We hear about somebody else walking through something that's horrible And we think, well, man, what I'm praying about is not that big a deal. No, 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 no. God wants to hear from you. There's nothing too small that you can bring to God. There's also nothing too big. There's nothing too big that you can talk to God about that's going to blow his mind, cause him to be emotionally paralyzed and knowing how to deal with it. You're not going to shut down God with your big problem. That's not how it works. You can bring anything to God. He can handle it because he's God. So by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, it escalates above it, it goes beyond it, it can't be limited by what we can understand, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. So when you're dealing with anxiety, have conversations with friends. If you don't have some friends that are life-giving, if you don't have some friends that are helpful, man, you need to be in the room. You need to be in a community group. You need to be with us and around people that will change the trajectory of your life And that will impact the course of how you think. Have conversations with your friends. Don't isolate. Have conversations with the Father. Don't give up on God because He hasn't given up on you. But you can't stop there. If you only go to the first two levels on the elevator, you miss the penthouse suite that's on the third floor. You don't have to climb. Just ride the elevator up one more floor. Have conversations with your friends. Have conversations with the Father But notice verse 36. Jesus, Abba, Father, He said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Have have a conversation with your feelings. Our feelings interrupt so much of our lives. And your feelings will lie to you. Like you've been sleeping at night, And that week, maybe you watched that horror movie. Those of you that watch horror movies, I don't understand. I don't understand. There are people that I love that are close to me that love scary movies. I don't do that because I don't like to be scared. But those of you that watch that stuff, maybe you watch something like that and you fall asleep and you wake up because you hear a noise in the house and your mind goes to all the possibilities of what can happen. And before you know it, you've grabbed the bat or the gun or the guns and you're going out the room and you're looking around the house and your heart's racing and and somehow your home, which is a place that's loving, your home, which is a place you're used to living, your home, which you exist in every single day, all of a sudden it becomes a little more scary. 
and you're looking around the house and it's all driven by your feelings. I remember years ago, years ago, way back in the day, we just moved to Florida and I was traveling a lot. I was traveling about 42 weeks a year and I came home from a trip. I was home uh, for a few days and we had, Angie and I had just gone to bed and we had these glass doors by our bedroom and all of a sudden someone was trying to come through those glass doors. I mean, it was intense, loud, like they're not playing. I flew out of the bed and I grabbed the gun. <laughs> and when I grabbed the gun, I didn't have any ammo at that time. So I grabbed the gun, not sure what I was going to do, but at least they'd see I had a gun and I could hit them with it at least. And I threw the blinds open and I'm holding that gun and there's nobody there. And I'm looking around, I'm trying to figure out. I jump on the phone, I call 911. When I called 911, this is the only time this ever happened. I haven't called 911 that much, but I've not heard of this happening very often. The person on the other end tells me the 911 system is down that night. And they would send someone as soon as they could get in touch with someone. So we called a friend who brought a Rottweiler and a pistol that had ammo. We're looking around the house, trying to figure out what's going on. And then all of a sudden, when I call 911 back to find out, hey, are y'all coming or not? Like, what's the deal? I got a different person on the other end. And they asked me, hey, are you new to Florida? I said, yeah, we, we haven't lived, there, lived here this long. This is about 20 years ago. We haven't lived here this long. They said, well, are you aware the shuttle came back tonight? And apparently what had happened was when the shuttle came back, it shook the glass doors in our bedroom. And so I assumed someone was trying to get in the house. I assumed we were in danger when we were not in danger at all. And because of my assumption and my feelings, it triggered a series of actions and reactions. And our whole lives, everything about our lives for those next few moments, were moving 100 miles an hour in one direction that had nothing to do with truth. See, you've got to get to the place where you have a conversation with your feelings. Okay, I know how it looks, but I know the truth of God. I know it looks dim, but my Bible promises God will never leave me and will never forsake me. I I know that it seems like I'm alone, but it promises that God is always with me. I I know that it feels like I, I, I can't handle this, but I've read that in my weakness, He's made strong and he's in me. I, I know it feels like I can't deal with this and I can't take it anymore. But the same spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside me. Maybe we need to stop trying and start relying. I love what the Gospel of John says in John chapter 8. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Sometimes it's hard to know the truth. What's the truth about what's happening right now? I remember when Angie had some health issues. We went to a series of amazing doctors. We got all the information we could. We wanted to know what was going on. And in that process is when we found out about uh, the tumor, the brain tumor. But through that process, we didn't just go to one doctor and stop getting information. We were craving truth. And it almost feels like in our culture right now, Once somebody speaks about a perspective, about, for example, COVID, anybody that disagrees is supposed to shut up. It's like we can't go for a second opinion. We can't find out if there's more to the issue. Did you know even the scripture says when you hear a pastor talking, it's your responsibility to dig into scripture and find out if what I'm saying is true. You own your personal spiritual life in the same way, man. Let's not become brain dead mind-numb robots that just 
whatever the media tells us or whatever this group's saying, we just buy all in. Man, research. Do it for yourself. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When all you do is listen to the opinions of other people about any area of life, you're going to be messed up on a ride of feelings. But when you dig in and say, okay, I want to know the truth about this. I want to know more. I want to research for myself. I don't want to just rely on what they're saying or they're saying. I want to know more about this. And in that seeking for truth, the truth will set you free. It can calm some fears. Now, sometimes we can't discover the fullness of the truth. We hit an issue that maybe we're not fully qualified to discern what's truth and what's not. And in those times, I rely on a God who knows way more than I know. I trust God who knows way more than I know. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold to the teaching of Scripture. I'm going to love God. I'm going to love others. I'm going to let this season in life be an opportunity. And any time that I wake up in the middle of the night and my brain is racing and I'm already running that marathon at a sprint pace or I'm in the car flying down 408 at the speed limit, at the speed limit, but flying down 408, I'm going to remind myself, hey, God is in control, not my feelings. Have a conversation with your feelings. You need some friends that you can have conversations with. You need to have conversations with the Father. And you need to have conversations with your feelings. And you'll notice that anxiety will begin to fade. Because remember, Jesus promised, I'll give you a peace that passes understanding. And listen, if if you need some help, if you're dealing with that at a chronic level or an intense level, please email us, hello at c3church.cc, because we want to connect you with somebody that can help. Would you pray with me today? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for the reality of your love, your grace, and your mercy. And Father, I pray for those that are dealing with anxiety, those that are feeling overwhelmed in this season, that you would simply remind us that you are God and you deeply love each and every one of us individually and that we can trust you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe maybe your greatest need is to know God in a personal way. Man, with everything going on in the world, with everything happening in the world that is so out of control, if I didn't have a relationship with God, I would lose my mind. There's a confidence, a peace, and a stability, and a hope that comes from knowing I've got a personal relationship with the living God. Because in that, I can rely on Him. I can trust Him. I can seek Him. I can ask for wisdom from Him. He can guide my day to day. Without that, I've got nothing. And so today, if you know that your greatest need is to have a personal relationship with the living God, just pray this simple prayer right where you are. And this this will begin to lessen the anxiety that you've been feeling if you don't know God. Pray this prayer. Dear God, I know that I need you. Please come into my life. Forgive me of my sin and help me to live for you. As best I know how, I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at givec3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.